0: Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I chat to rising stars, the Buckleys. This Byron Bay trio are the young country pop band made of siblings Lachlan, Molly and Sarah Buckley. Then later on, Lifeguard Whippet joins me in the shack for some beach banner and I go to the mailbag to answer questions from the fans. Now let's have a listen to my chat with the Buckleys. Okay, this week in the Beach Shack, it's a pleasure to have an up-and-coming band, the Buckleys, and we've got Sarah, Lachlan and Molly. How are you guys? Yo, we're doing well. doing
1: good. Thanks for having us.
0: No, it's a pleasure. And uh, so going right back, I mean, you're you're getting quite successful these days, but, you know, you started, you live in Byron Bay. So where um, did it all start and and, and what made your siblings, so the people out there that are listening, uh, you're all siblings and... uh, you know, how do you all get along?
1: Oh, uh, well, It's a funny one. It's a funny one. You know, it goes back and forth as all siblings, ups <laughs> and downs. <laughs> but it's pretty good for the most part. It yeah. is. It's lots of fun uh, being able to work together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we grew up in a very musical household. Um, Moving
2: around a lot as well. Yeah, up exactly. Up and down the coast.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, our dad's a musician. He drummed for a band back in the 80s called The Radiators. Anyone knows The Rads? Yeah. And uh, so we kind of grew up with music all around the household. All the time. Uh it was a really
3: natural progression for us to start playing together. So it's like we don't know, we can't like it's when I talk to siblings that are my age, they couldn't imagine doing something like this. It's like traveling with their siblings twenty four seven. But I'm like <laughs> being When them. it's all you know, it's kind of it's fine.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned your dad. I I actually uh yeah, grew up with the radiators, massive fan in the day, so yeah, it's showing my age, but it's uh, yeah, b- b- great stuff. And, well, obviously you've picked up that from, uh, from him and, and the music. And so you started off, though, when you were all quite young
1: yeah totally and like we used to play like originally like now the band is me lachlan and molly and we have our friends and you know other musicians that play with us but originally it used to be like us and dad would be on drums and sometimes piano so it'd be like yeah super funny just like going to like tenworth country music festival and he would be playing drums with us and then he like sacked himself a few years in because (laughs) he just could not handle (laughs) us He's um, like, we were driving.
2: He kind of wanted to stay home as well. He's like, I've been on the road my whole life. i <laughs> never doing this again. Yeah,
1: totally. But we are actually dragging him back up for a show. We're playing at the Gimpy Master in a few months in August. And we're like, Dad, this is like Queensland. You've got to come up and we're going to do a radiator song. And he's going to come play <laughs> drums. It's going, to be, it's going to go off. We're so excited. So that will be our first time playing with Dad in a while.
2: <laughs> it's going to be interesting.
0: Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. Playing with your uh, dad up there would be something that uh, I suppose a lot of people don't get the chance to do a, a lot of the stuff like with their parents, and, uh, you know, that's um, something that a lot of people up there be looking forward to. So mm. yeah. you you went from, uh, you know, your early days, and I, I noticed, um, Sarah, you, you do a lot of writing and, and sort of when you guys were growing up, you wanted to save because you had this passion to go to Nashville. So tell us a bit of a story about that.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, me and Molly, um, especially, like when I was about 11 years old, we had this goal to get to Nashville by the time I was 16 years old. I didn't I was, even. I was
2: just a little nerd saving up for a guitar.
1: Yeah, Lachlan didn't have the <laughs> vision. <was> in Nashville, what?
2: <laughs> 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 give me a guitar <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but me and molly just saved up like everything we just kind of saw you know all the documentaries of the artists that you know go to nashville and just all of the music there that's just 24 7 it was just yeah. this like it's like the disneyland for musicians so awesome yeah and so we saved up and we eventually got there we didn't know it anyone when we first got to nashville um we just kind of called up every venue we could and I played we got, yeah we got a few
3: shows and it's like everyone knows someone someone in nashville and i think that's like someone a, or
2: everyone yeah <laughs> that's like
3: the magic of it so we were playing this gig at like douglas corner and uh debbie throckmorton who's the band booker there she um her dad's a songwriter, an amazing songwriter. She just won a Grammy for on Willie Nelson's album, um, one of his singles. And, yeah, so she just took us under her wing and got us, like, some of our first co-writes with Bruce Chanel, who wrote Hey Baby, you know, Hey, hey, baby.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, walked into his house and he's got, like, photos with the Beatles. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's an like, incredible snowball. experience.
1: Exactly. And like, there's a place called, I don't know if you know the Bluebird Cafe, but it's this little cafe in the center of Nashville. It was on the Nashville TV show and like an iconic venue that everyone has played at. We like played this little show outside of Nashville and there was like th- three people in the audience and we were like- We so were just
2: having a good old jam. <laughs> exactly. Louisiana Bar and Grill. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. then one of the people in the audience was the band booker for the Bluebird Cafe. And then we ended up playing at the Bluebird yeah. that first trip. It, it was involved- I
2: was like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was
1: 16 and these guys were a little younger. It's just wild how everything, you know, developed and we've been going back ever since and recorded our album there. So yeah, Nashville is just amazing.
0: Well that that, that album is it's a daydream, is the album that you've that you've got out.
1: That's yes, that's the one. Connector.
0: <laughs> and then you've got a couple of songs there. So a Breathe, uh, Breathe, I listened to uh, the other day, which was very very good. I um, actually enjoyed it. I mean, my background's obviously growing up like with, you know, in excess, radiators, midnight oil, it was all sort of rock uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But you guys are more country pop.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of different flavors that come into our music, like everything, like, you know, we grew up with dad being a rock and roll drummer. uh, So we listened to a lot of that growing up and the Rolling Stones and, but everything as well from like Frank Sinatra to country to, you know, exactly blues
2: and soul. Mm. So
1: literally everything under the sun we've kind of grown up being inspired by. And so with our album daydream, I think the goal was we obviously recorded it in nashville and have um you know a country roots background but we also have all of those other influences like rock and roll and like soul and you know we love some funk here and there Mm -hmm. so we kind of wanted to really just pour everything into this album so there's a lot of different flavors you have you know a song like breathe which is um much more country and folk based but then you have crazy like you which is like a full-on basically rock song that Lachlan wrote and then you know feeling the love and leave me hanging on which have more like a funky vibe and vibe so there's just like yeah a lot of different flavors which is exactly what we wanted to do because you know you get a lot of people saying you know you have to do this to be played on radio or you have to do this to you know fit this certain box or genre or label um but we've always just kind of we kind of just create what we create and then we put it out and everyone else yeah. puts it in a box. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, that's what all of our favourite artists, you know, have done as well, like, you know, Fleetwood Mac and Queen and, you know, even Taylor Swift, like, just releasing music and writing music that's super authentic has always been the yeah, goal. and the music
2: that you love as well, that you can just release and love it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the next album will be a different thing again. So we're working on the next album too at the moment. So that's really exciting. And, yeah, just hopefully you can uh, – oh, yeah. Some things that people won't be expecting. <laughs>
0: well, it does sound a lot like Stevie Nicks, you know, um, with Fleetwood Mac. It's a, It's got a lot of that feel about it. So I don't know if you th- realize that or it's something that uh, people have told you before.
1: Yeah. So we have gotten
3: that references. It's like the biggest. Comment. I can't, I'm like, every time someone says it, I'm like, whatever. It's like <laughs> such a compliment. We love Fleetwood Mac and Stevie yeah, Nicks. Awesome. But, um, can't see how we compare, but it's <laughs> fine. I'll take it. <laughs> so,
0: so how? So you're still all all quite young. So how are you? You know, dealing with the up and coming, and you've got the fans, and you've got the pressure of of the albums. Um, you know, the, all the songs that you're doing. It, it is, along with all that, it, there comes this pressure and the other side of life. So you seem pretty laid back. You know, you know, from Byron Bay. So the upbringing there's a bit different than growing up in, a, in a, a major city but how are you guys coping with that
1: yeah I mean we've the most important thing for us I guess is the music so just you know really diving into just creating the best music that we can possibly write and, and make. enjoying
2: it at the same time as well because that's just what we've always wanted to do play music and write music for mm. a living so like It's also a dream. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think growing up with dad being um, in the music industry his whole life, has really helped us you know from the get-go like we were never pushed into playing music or anything like that we just kind of fell in love with it because it was our environment if anything they probably went the opposite dad's like do not oh, no. play music he, like <laughs> made sure to show us it, like the music industry and like
3: the downside and all that because it's a tough gig to crack into but yeah he
2: came into my room once and was like oh sorry about getting you guys into this music business <laughs> it's a bad game it's a bad game kick business <laughs> oh my god thanks dad thanks dad <laughs> <laughs> Just i was like actually Norman. really enjoying it to be honest <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so like constantly along the way like the last 10 years when we've really been you know uh getting into you know playing music in the music industry you know every like almost every day like mom and dad would be like you sure you want to be doing this like you don't have to do it there's no pressure at all you can just stop right now if you want to um so like having that kind of uh influence and grounding <laughs> i think sorry, sorry. our dog just broke into the room <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: yeah. fine uh, mini
4: she
2: can open doors with a pause now She's
0: thumbs. <laughs> there's a cute little dog uh, but um you-
1: she's she's a little bit cute (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so I mean we've always just have you know really grounding but supportive parents so I think you know that's been a big help for when you know there are a lot of ups and downs in the music industry you know constantly just like a roller coaster of you know momentum and um
2: especially with the um outbreak as well the pandemic yeah
1: exactly so last year yeah, totally. Last year was so, super tough for everyone in the music industry. Yeah. Um, but just kind of, yeah, I guess remembering, you know, why we're doing it and um, lucky to have really great people around us as well that are just so supportive and passionate and really inspire us as well.
0: So with the COVID, what what did you guys do? Obviously you couldn't play any, any gigs at the time. So did you kick back and say, well, you know, think about the, different writing you're going to do or what the plan was going to be once you can start playing again?
3: I think actually like a lot of artists, I was watching an interview with um, a few artists the other day, and I think it almost applies to um, all of us that it kind of put things like back into perspective in a way, like really made you, think. yeah, and also really made you focus back in on the music, like songwriting and recording because, I mean, when you go out and you tour and you're, like, on the road, it's kind of you can lose sight of um, why you did it in the first place or whatever. But, yeah, so we just spent a lot of our time riding together,
1: riding by ourselves. Um,
2: recording.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's really been interesting because, like, I think – Our dynamic as songwriters especially has really developed over the course of the last 12 months in a way that it probably wouldn't have if we were constantly on the road like Lachlan has been getting super into production and we've been writing a lot the three of us um what's your studio's called Lachlan Um, have you decided a name soul
2: food (laughs) studio oh (laughs) that was my
3: idea that I I take credit and it suits it's your
1: t-shirt as well yeah it has yeah Yeah. and (laughs) we also turned
2: our living room in (laughs) we also turned our living room into an inner city looking club for the world tour that was pretty off the hook to be (laughs) honest
1: yeah we did that was another thing we did um didn't sleep for a month but you know it was worth it yeah like when everything first started we had just released a single i think like the day that the music industry kind of shut down
2: um so we're kind of freaking out some could say yeah Yeah.
1: And then we get this call we're going to start like a the first ever virtual world tour with Live Nation who partnered with us to yeah basically we turned our living room into this you know little club looking like thing with just like curtains and backdrops around the walls and these studio lights that dad had in the garage and we um (laughs) the
2: old production (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: and we got our little brother who was like 12 years old at the time to play drums with us and dad played drums with us on a few stuff and just did these you know sets for different countries around the world on the live nation facebook pages um so that was wild
2: experience and a half yeah (laughs) being you
1: know inventive and coming up with new fresh ways to connect with people which is mm. another is another thing you know while we play music is you know also just to bring happiness to other people you know that's one of the biggest things for us playing live shows especially is just connecting with people mm. and giving them the best time uh possible so kind yeah,
2: of yeah, we were, we were able to um keep that live aspect going
1: how was um bondi because like
3: sydney i assume went into a bit of like hard and it wasn't as busy was bondi like was it weird to go from like this beach that was always just packed full of people Too was it empty for a certain amount of time?
0: Yeah. I mean, in that initial March uh, last year into April, we closed down and f- the beach was totally fenced off for five weeks. So there was nobody in the oh. water, no one in the sand. It was like some <laughs> remote beach, you know, up or down the coast where... You know those nine mile beaches oh, wow. where no one's around it was just a, a hmm. real weird sort of feeling and uh then gradually you know we started letting people back on the beach and as it as it uh changed a bit but yeah it, it was something that i'll probably never forget i think the last time that uh bondi was fenced off was world war Two. they barbed wired the the uh beach so they couldn't get wow. down on the beach because they thought the japanese were gonna come and bomb um in there so yeah so it's a quite a unique thing so it, it was really surreal
1: yeah yeah actually so similar strange. to Byron we like we're during that lockdown period the Byron beaches like Wadigo's super popular beaches I will just say empty. finally found a park it's <laughs> yeah. impossible to get
3: parking <laughs> at Wadigo's and anywhere in Byron now got one though but anyway aside from the
0: point (laughs) well probably COVID's probably uh stuffed you guys because I think half of Bondi have moved there
1: yeah it's true everyone is from Sydney
0: (laughs) (laughs) well with uh live music as you're saying you play a a lot of live music and so when I was growing up uh you know all the bands in those days had to you know start off playing in pubs and live gigs and you had to play live to be noticed and and From there, they would become, you know, well-known and and the albums would come out after that. But these days I find a lot of artists just record and it's all about, you know, studio and then it goes on Spotify and other platforms, but there's not a lot of live music these days. So how do you guys feel about that? Because you guys seem to be pushing a lot of live music.
1: Yeah, totally. I think the live experience has always been a really big part of who we are as a band like we grew up also doing you know the pub gig and all of that like I would be 12 years old and we ran like a local jam night at you know this little pub called the Billy Nigel pub and we'd go to dad's gigs that would be you know at pubs. so that was kind of our upbringing much more than it was the um I guess social media um music yeah. upbringing that a lot of people Today, Um, so and I really um, like love the fact that we did get that kind of gig fitness from playing, you know, every single week and playing in pubs and stuff like that. It really, I think, that was
3: probably the hardest part of the lockdown was not being able to go out and playing live shows. But I mean, I guess you just have to adapt. Like, there's no point sitting down and being like, "Oh, this sucks." Like, you know, we adapted and went on the world virtual
1: tour and still played live, but it just wasn't in front of people but yeah yeah but i think the live experience now that it's coming back as well is you know such an important part of um you know yeah like our music but you know we were signed and picked up by uh, a guy called chris murphy who's an incredible mentor and he was so big big on um, you know making the live show amazing because you want to give people you know the best live experience possible um and bring that to you know wherever we can around the world hopefully one day um so yeah just developing the live show has been yeah. also another big thing we did during the lockdown is a lot of rehearsing and um yeah around the album just yeah making the live show as strong as possible yeah
0: well on um chris you know unfortunately i, I met him a couple of times unfortunately he passed away uh, not long ago but for people that don't know, he managed in excess of, and pretty much all through their prime. And and you know, I remember that uh, the gig, watching it in Wembley, that was probably one of the biggest gigs I've ever seen. And the way the crowd were jumping, it was just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable sight. And but so he crazy. he actually found you guys, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah. we met Chris um, probably about two years ago now. Um, and yeah, we went over to his rant sugar beach ranch and met him and his wife caroline um after he saw some videos that we did um through a mutual friend some of the you know early independent stuff we had released and yeah we just you know all got on like a house on fire and you know connected so much and Mm -hmm. you know had
2: like an 11 hour meeting (laughs) until 2 a.m first night the second night we met him.
1: yeah and just so passionate about music i mean that was one of the biggest things about chris is just passion for you know we would just like logan said stay up until like 2 a.m in the morning listening and talking about the beatles
2: Yeah, he like actually, <laughs> genuinely loves music, which yeah. not a yeah. people, no, which not a lot of like um people do. Yeah, just genuinely yeah. loves it.
3: It's yeah. hard to find someone I feel like in the music business that really just has that genuine love and is so just. I don't just know to listen what listen you see it. is what you get. It's mm. just like amazing. He was just such an amazing person, and so amazing to have him as a mentor, especially kind of through that first um push of the band. Mm. Into the world
1: and have that guidance um, that we can carry through for seriously, like the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that, you know, he. I don't know if we would have been able to make the album we wanted to make. I'm sure we wouldn't have without someone like Chris being, you know, our champion and, you know, fighting for us to be able to do what we want to do and encouraging us to be able to, you know, grow as artists and make the album that we wanted to make. Go
2: outside the box as well. Mm.
1: Exactly. He was always encouraging us to just, you know, be authentic and go outside of the box box and push boundaries. So, so Mm. incredibly blessed and grateful that Chris Murphy has been such a massive part of our lives Mm. and will forever be.
0: Yeah. Well, how'd that feel being signed to a label? Pretty much the only other one was in excess in there and there's such a massive band. It, like, it must have been uh, surreal. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was very cool.
2: like, what? <laughs> <We> got, like, <laughs> not on that level. <laughs> no,
3: nah, it was such just like an incredible honour. Yeah. yeah you know, honor, yeah. to be um label, uh, what's the word? Like, I have no idea. I really <laughs> thought the sibling te- telepathy sibling telepathy sibling would pull to through. P- 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 <laughs> 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 Whatever. I'm
1: not even try to finish that. but I think yeah, having, you know, our label brothers be in excess is, you know, such an incredible thing. That's to what I was trying to say. That's inst- exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> to yeah, inspire uh, uh, toward and look up to um, and, you know, all the stories from the days of In Excess and being on the road, um, just incredible to hear. And, yeah, like I said, look up to. And, you know, it was so wild when we first met Chris, just diving into, you know, all the old In Excess videos and live performances. And like I said, like the live aspect, yeah, it was really cool and inspiring.
4: Hmm.
0: Now, that's really uh, great. And I think that uh, you'll you'll continue on there and and be very, very successful in, in what you're doing. I've got a, a couple of Thank questions you. that I that I throw in at the end. Now you guys are from Byron Bay's so here, close to the uh, water. Uh, have you ever been caught in a rip?
2: Oh my! <laughs> well, my girlfriend actually was caught in one three days ago. It was really scary. I, I, yeah. I surf, so like I could I go out in rips. I, but surf like, I don't think any of us have been caught. <laughs> well, in no, because it's pretty. I don't rip. know
3: when you we've grown up. Like a lot of people, when you grow up at the beach, you kind of learn. But sometimes it does just take you, like Lachlan. Got Like um, Ava the other day, she, you know, sometimes you just, it takes Luckily, though, So she was like waving for help and we ran down. I thought she was actually telling me to come join her. I was like, yeah. I don't want to go over there. It was like a really dodgy spot. i like, why are you
1: there? Yeah, we need to tell her it's not that. It's like straight
2: <laughs> up, no, yeah. it is that.
1: No, it's not. Okay, Hobo, help me out here. Is it wave the arm? Well, or you just put your arm up the arm. and
0: then, uh, yeah, because sometimes uh, if you wave it, sometimes you might think they're waving to someone on the shore. A friend.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you thought. So so that was my yeah. situation, actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but pretty like, much if you go with the rip, 90% of the, of the rips. Chances, though, we run
1: down and then yeah. someone came, ran, ran down with us over the rocks. to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, come, comes and he was a lifeguard who saved her. Yeah. And like not, just... not a lifeguard on duty. Like he was just surfing yeah, yeah, yeah. in the surf. Yeah, there's like no lifeguard. And, and he was a lifeguard and like got her out of it. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite. <laughs>
2: yeah, I caught a wave down the beach and I was paddling up and I copped a set on the head. So I was just getting pumped, and then she got sucked out, and I didn't even hear. Her. Apparently, she was screaming and everything. Well, because there's a lot of rocks on good. the
3: side as well. We weren't on. We were on a bit of a dodger. Uh, it was a bit yeah, Dodge yeah. City that beach, but um, yeah.
2: Luckily, everyone's okay. Yeah, that's
0: but good.
3: Out of the three of us, I don't think we've been taken no. by rip. Not yet. Oh, well, you've, you've
0: grown up with it, so you're probably uh, pretty well experienced. But the uh, what does the Maybe ocean mean to you that guys? That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> 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 well I haven't s- I've got no evidence I'm just uh, just assuming <laughs> no it's okay I'll take it. she'll okay. um, <laughs> put that in her Instagram bio <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah to finish off though what, what does the ocean mean to you guys
2: Ooh, I reckon it's a um, I place think- of escape and freedom Especially yes. surfing. Yeah, definitely.
1: Like Ocean therapy. I always go there when I need, you know, whether I'm actually sick or just like wanna
2: clear your head. Clear your head.
1: It's a real thing. Or even get fit. I've picked
3: up surfing back up lately and it's a great way to get the grain muscle i'm uh, got a six pack in biceps <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking i don't but um fresh, no, bruises it's de- <laughs> fresh bruises everywhere um no but it's definitely somewhere we go to just clear our minds and yeah.
2: you know and it goes hand in hand with music in my opinion like mm-hmm. going for a surf in the morning then coming home just playing music all day yeah. possibly going for another surf it's just it just feels so good because yeah. you get like the same rush i yep. feel when i surf mm-hmm. And play music so yeah it's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah,
0: 100%. You got the perfect life, 100%. surfing and music. Can't get any better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> totally. What about you?
0: Me? Oh, with the ocean. Oh, look, I reckon I try to work out how many hours I've been watching the ocean since a kid Then I've been working as a professional lifeguard for 30 years, so the amount of time I've I've been watching the ocean is just uh, thousands and thousands of hours and it does it makes me um, you know, feel really calm and and, and clears my mind when, I'm, when, you, when you go surfing and also just sitting there watching the waves break and watching people surf. It it becomes uh, really relaxing.
2: Totally. For sure. So
0: nice. All right, Sarah, Lachlan, Molly, it's been great chatting and also it's been confirmed, are not you, playing at Blues Fest in October? <gasps> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so exciting. Are These you coming?
0: Are up yeah, I might come up for that one.
1: Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Get up on stage for a song.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can you do a back Yeah,
0: I might end you your career if I start singing, but uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> end or boost. <laughs>
0: oh, so pumped. We'll see you there. Okay, great. Great chatting. Cheers, guys. You too. Have yeah. a great Thanks day. For so good. Us.
3: Have a good one.
0: It was lovely to catch up with Sarah, Lachlan, and Molly from the Buckleys. Check out their new single, Breathe and their debut album on Spotify. Next up, Beach Banner with Lifeguard Whippet. Hello, Whippet. Welcome to the beach, Jack. Thank you for having me. Mate, I know you've done a lot of uh, surf trips over the years. One that stands out is uh, when you went over to Bali with Kerbox.
4: Box. I did. I think I was maybe 17 or 18 at the time, so I was pretty young, just a grommet, and um, I'd known Box Box was my surf coach growing up and um, as like a 10, 12-year-old sort of thing. And so he's taken me on, you know, 100 trips up and down the coast and, you know, looked after me all over the place. So when we said we're going to Bali, uh, mum and dad were kind of like, oh, if Box is going, he'll look after you, even though they know he's pretty loose. He's always been pretty good with me. And um, yeah, we we were in Bali and I don't know what it was that bit him, but he sort of got bit on the nuts by like a bug of some sort. And I remember they they swelled up and um, we were going out for dinner. Well, well he's got no nuts. so they, know. It's a they pretty look, good thing. Yeah, they look normal size. And um, yeah, we went out for dinner and I remember he was like, God, mate, there's something wrong with my nuts here. Like they're itchy and they're kind of stinging. And I was like, oh, we'll go home. We'll go home. we will going home after dinner anyway and we're going to go back out. And so, anyway, we went home and he looked at his nuts and there's like a rash on them because I don't know, like over there, you can get these little mites in the cane and they, and they bite you. I've had them on my leg and you get this horrific rash. And anyway, I said, Oh, mate, sweet, just put some ice on them. And I remember we're going home like two days later or a day later and he's going, How do you go home from Bali with this rash on your nuts to your missus? Blah, blah. And I was like, No, I'll back her up. I'll back you up here. This is like a genuine bug. And um, he ended up laying down and putting a pack of ice his nuts i went out and had a few beers somewhere with the boys got home and found box in the nude laying on the mattress on the floor (laughs) um and the ice had obviously melted so it looked like he'd weed the bed just had this little plastic bag and so i remember like the old days you had those like wind up disposable cameras and that's all i had with me I was like, this is perfect. So I flicked the light on and there's just, yeah, a puddle of ice that had melted and box laying there in the nude with his legs open. So I quickly take a photo. I go home and I get them printed and about a month later, and I remember one of the other boys got wind of the fact that there was a photo of it and, uh, and said, mate, I need a copy of that photo. He then, because I was still too young to be at the pub and that's how I got out of the next part. He then got the photo, took it to our local pub down the Chloe Hotel blew it up like A4 size and stuck it all over the pub. <laughs> and Kerbox got a phone call uh, from one of the boys at the pub. He said, mate, something bad's happened down the pub. Eh? You better get down here straight away. He's like, what is it? And he goes, there's a photo of you laying it. And he just knew it was my photo straight away. So he rang me. He said, I'm going to kill you. And I said, what are you talking about? It wasn't me. I'm not even allowed in the pub. And uh yeah, he ended up going down and ripping them all down, having a good laugh. He probably <laughs> stayed there for six schooners anyway and had a laugh. But I remember he was out for some vengeance on me on that one and I had to had to lay low for a while. But I guess with box that's one of the things. We've we've played pranks on each other and, you know, spent so much time together over our lives that we can get away with a few jokes like that at each other's expense. And um yeah, he's got me back a few times.
0: Yeah, he's usually a good sport with the pranks, and yeah, he can give it as good as he gets. Yeah, he
4: sure can. You got to be, you got to be wary. It's much better off being on the same side as Kerr Box in a prank <laughs> rather than head butting heads. <laughs>
0: Great story, Whippet, and uh, thanks for coming to the beach shack.
4: No worries. Remember, Box always put pants on before you fall asleep. <laughs> thanks, Whippet, for joining me in the
0: beach shack. Coming up next, I answer letters from the fans. This letter's from Brad and he's from Adelaide. When you were younger, did you always want to be a lifeguard? If not, what did you want to be? Well, yeah, when I was younger, I probably wanted to be a, a, in radio and I started there at 2GB from school and, and did about four years but I was pretty competitive in, uh, in sporting so I decided to go that way and fell into lifeguarding as well because... I could uh, keep physically fit, train for my events that I was doing and then uh, also get paid at the same time. So I was only ever going to be there for five years as a lifeguard and then move back into uh, either radio or, or something else, but ended up uh, still being there and that's about 30 years later. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's A Beach wherever you get your podcasts. And hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, Beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.